Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And today we're talking about the IG report. It's this big thing about how Comey handled the Clinton email scandal investigation. And to me, that's just what I identified earlier as the presenting issue. The actual purpose of all of this smoke and mirrors, in my opinion, is to crack down on leakers and to make sure the power and the information are concentrated and controlled at the top. If you go to the IG report and look at the recommendations, or if you listen to what Christopher Ray, the now head of the FBI, is doing, that's what they're doing. And this is part of a multi-year effort called the Insider Threat Program that uh, came under some scrutiny under Obama when the uh a whistleblower was punished and journalists were spied on and all this kind of stuff uh and the event that the whistleblower was revealing was that there was a second underwear bomber in the works and what's worse than that is that it was a military intelligence officer from england and that dovetails with the first underwear bomber had a very suspicious story. Witnesses saw him escorted onto the plane by guys in suits. He had no passport. And that, if you'll recall, that event ushered in these uh, those body scanners at the airport that um, are produced. If I, I mean, this certainly, the articles I read said this. I, I, I think it's true that uh, Michael Chertoff, who was the second Department of Homeland Security head, was invested in one of these, in the company that makes these things, and and whoever does make it had this giant windfall. And if you look at these false flags as having either those kind of policy implications, kind of corruption, or more general policy implications, like cracking down on whistleblowers, then uh, you can... You know, you view some of these stories or how they're treated by the mainstream media with a little skepticism. And uh, I personally feel like this idea of tons of um, secrecy, I think the default state should be openness. And there has to be a darn good reason to have secrecy. Uh, same thing with privacy. The default state should be you have privacy and you need a warrant as per fourth, the Fourth Amendment to violate people's privacy. Our privacy should be sacrosanct. The government should have transparency. They're, they work for us. You know what I'm saying? It's not everything should have privacy. No, we get the privacy. They have transparency. That's the way it's supposed to work. I actually put a call on hold before the break. Eric, I'm going to let him... Um, restate his thought and tell me his point, and then I'm going to move on to tweets and calls. 800 WSB Talk at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, get ready with some tweets. Eric, what you got? Okay, we're still here. Well, after yes, thinking go. and listening, you know, 
I'm kind of off the track, but uh, as far as the technology transfer goes, I think that this has happened in the past because of uh, a situation or an atmosphere that has been generated or promoted by the government to protect trade or to help trade, and I think it pretty much backfired. Uh, the example that I was giving happened years and years ago where a company was on both sides of the globe and they developed something here in the United States and it was manufactured over to, overseas because they had a better capability to manufacture it. It actually didn't tie into what you were talking about. <laughs> That's okay. But you do bring up an idea. I'm going to let you go, Eric. But I do. That did make me think of something that uh, we have all we have to have all this intel, all this spying, all this this, all this that. We spend 50% and have for as long as I've looked at it, 50% of the world's defense budget is spent by the United States. And many of the other countries are our allies, the big countries. So us and our allies absolutely dominate defense spending by a lot. So everybody else together can't touch us, right? So then why are they a threat to us? Well, they're a threat to us because we develop all this stuff and then we let our contractors companies whose sole revenue is from the u.s government we have complete power over them um we let them sell to other countries who may or may not end up being our friends so then you have this situation where and actually there was something weird like stuxnet it was a cyber um weapon that somehow we accidentally you know got into the hands of the iranians and now you need all the cybersecurity. so it's my contention, or at least it's a plausible theory, that we create this stuff, we pay the defense contractors to create all this stuff, then we let them release it out into the wild, which creates a new threat to us, and then we have to pay them to uh, raise the bar. And I would say, you could even just say, nobody who gets... Uh, our defense contracts can sell to anybody else, for example. I mean, I'm not trying to solve the problems. I'm just saying we create this stuff. And the tech that we're releasing out there, a lot of it's created by DARPA anyway, by the, the defense research and through university grants and all that. So a lot of this stuff to me is public anyway. Why is it all accruing to the benefit of corporations? You know, why do we pay these super high prices for stuff um, and then use our government to protect what is now private property that started out as our property? You know what I'm saying? It's all because we do not have the free society that we are told we have. So we look at free market mechanisms. We look at wanting to protect property. But where is it coming from? Whose property is it really? Uh, it's, it's, this, it's really the corporate governmental continuum that, that does smack of fascism. And, uh, and until we look at it square on, we're, uh, we're going to be focusing on the wrong solutions. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Ron in a second. Hang on, Ron Binkley. Let's hear those tweets. All right, I have a couple from Mysterio who says, "Protect national security." The ultimate catch-all BS excuse when they have something to hide. He goes on to tweet, "The constant stream of enemies comes from the government needing a boogeyman to scare general population in order to fund the military-industrial complex and Department of War." Yes, uh, yes, this is what's very hard for people to understand because that cable news 24-hour cycle just doesn't 
they they promote the terror of of these insurmountable enemies like terrorists but if you dig into it there's absolutely tons of evidence that we foster these enemies even solely for the for the purpose of justifying the war state. If you go back and read the report from Iron Mountain, whatever you want to say about its origins and if it's literal or figurative or whatever, it clearly represents what they're up to, and it had tremendous foreshadowing. So even if it was meant to be a joke, it certainly was carried out. They talk about how you just can't have the the hierarchical structure, um, the dependence on the 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 powerful if the people aren't scared, scared of deprivation, scared of an internal enemy, um, scared of an external enemy, of a global enemy. It talks about a global environmental crisis. It talks about all these things that we see now as all they do is use this to justify big spending um, and an erosion of our rights, which is a longstanding goal. You can look at Brzezinski's crisis of democracy. Since the 70s, they have been trying to get our ability to hold them accountable away from us and it's happening more and more and and coming up in the next half hour probably i want to play some um really get a little deeper on the world stage of what's actually going on how the levers levers of power are really working the very big picture let me go to ron um ron in canton you are on with monica hi ron hello monica uh as far as that ig report goes I view that the same way I viewed Comey testifying before Congress. You run down all the crimes these people are committing and draw totally totally erroneous conclusions. Yeah, it was a weird report because they said they, they demonstrated that these guys obviously were ridiculously biased, broke the rules all along. It had a real impact um on the world you know, on the on the national level and then they said, you know, but whatevs <laughs> you know? yeah it's the same thing it, it's foolish to have the 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 fbi investigate itself yeah somebody well, should investigate the inspector general yeah that's another thing that's going on here they take every opportunity even the president does it to say hey don't read anything into this about the inherent uh, the inherent trustworthiness of these institutions. I mean, Binkley, you have, I know you have strong opinions about this, do you not? Yeah, it, they, I mean, they act like it's just the people that make the uh, institutions not trustworthy. It's at the foundation of these in- institutions that they manipulate people, and they have been since they were founded. Well, actually, if you think about it, that is like the CIA. We're told it's an intelligence agency, but from everything I've read, they are they run operations. They are not about intel. They are not a passive receptacle of intelligence that helps us defend ourselves. They are out there trying to manipulate. As early as when they Iran had a secular leader in the '60s, I guess, or maybe it was the '50s. Yeah, the '50s, Mossadegh, and he, uh, the CIA ran a coup that killed hundreds of people. And installed the Shah, and and they did the same thing, right? Wasn't that there the Banana Republic um, for United Fruit? They, they Guatemala. Took, yeah, yeah, that was a Guatemala. that was a Bernays operation. 
Oh my gosh, Edward Bernays, you have oh we gotta go, but tell me what in one second what that tell me right now. But Bernays convinced the Guatemalan people that their elected leader was a communist and he got them to overthrow them. Well, he might have been a communist, but still. Yeah. With the help of the CIA and <laughs> then they installed business. their own guy. We didn't do it because we care about those people. Same thing with Chile. I mean, we just uh, uh, anyway, let's we could go on and on. But I but he was saying these guys are bad news. I want to tell you just how bad Mueller is after the break. 800-WSB-TALK at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Very refreshing to hear, even when you don't know about something that we can go down, if you want to say a rabbit hole, but just look at things differently. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We're talking about the IG report, Comey, um, but there's stuff... I'm not even going to recount what you're hearing in the mainstream media 24-7 about this. It's all very personal and partisan. But I think it's we should peel the onion a little bit and talk about Comey and Mueller. They were both directors of the FBI. And Binkley, my producer, and I, we do podcasts called Propaganda Report on PropagandaReportDaily.com. And we've also talked about it on the – we've talked about it on that and on the WSB show – uh, just how really shady Comey is. And not like, well, he has bad judgment. I mean, like, this guy's bad news. This is deep state, like the real deep state, not the Obama holdover deep state. This guy's deep state from way back. What, Binkley, did we, I think we did a pot, we've done a lot of work on him, but what's a place for people to start? Episode 95 of the Propaganda Report podcast. It's at PropagandaReportDaily.com, and I will tweet it right now. Oh, great. Uh, all right, so that's Comey, but one one of the big things that he did that we talked about and are just shocked that he continues to lie about it is that he accused the wrong man of being the Ramsey rapist. He was kidnapped by somebody who was probably the Ramsey rapist, and he even though all the other victims said it was not this guy, he said it was that guy, and he and this is when he was a teenager. And his testimony alone caused this guy to be falsely imprisoned, and the guy, when he got released, exonerated, he won a $3 million-plus settlement for wrong false imprisonment or whatever it was. Uh, but even as recently as Comey's last appearance on Anderson Cooper, I believe, is that right, Binkley, where he said... He still thinks that guy did it? Remember? Yeah, I mean, he's been on a whole lot of different interviews where he's echoed that. Yeah, I mean, that's, he, that's, was that libel, I guess? Libel's in writing. Slander? Yeah. Uh, he, so, I mean, this is just outrageous and nobody calls him on it. I mean, that's fake news right there. They make him the hero of it. It's outrageous. That's just sick. When you hear the guy who was imprisoned, his wife talk about it, she's just disgusted. And we, we reveal all that in our podcast. But uh, he has been shoulder to shoulder with Mueller doing just those kind of shenanigans. So let me just take off the Mueller stuff right after the break. 800-WSB-TALK at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6. We are, I'm trying to find this tweet, Binkley, of, um, here it is. Are uh, you with me, Binkley? Should I read my own tweet? I don't normally. You can give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. See if I can read it. 
We were talking about Comey and Mueller before the break, and I we've really done a number on Comey. He deserves it. There is something up with that guy. He's a slime ball. He's a, he's worse than slime, but he's an operative of some kind, and he's a terrible actor. Like those guys need to be better actors, or maybe he's like a super great actor where it's trying looks to trigger like, us. What? Trying to trigger us. Like so, he look he deliberately tries to look like he's lying. And that you can tell that he's lying yeah. so that you think you know what he's lying about. Yeah. You know, because underneath it all, he's like masterful. Well, Mueller is 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 possibly worse than Comey. And uh, I see a, a, um, a, a Trump deplorable tweeted at me. How did Mueller get this stellar reputation that's repeated about him by so many in D.C.? I guess I know the answer, but I feel stupid that I believed it at one time. Not anymore. Well, I've been tweeting out these articles about Mueller, and th- these are not articles like, um, you know, tinfoilhat.com. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I do not uh, throw out good information, good evidence, just because somebody comes off as kooky. I throw out bad evidence, bad information. When it can't be supported, I always dig in and I don't come out with it unless I personally am convinced. So some of the information I found on Mueller uh, came from Time Magazine, The New York Times, uh, Boston Globe. I've got this one uh, on SarahCarter.com. I have seen her, her name before. I should probably know who she is. I know she's a... I believe she's a journalist, but um, but the actual source in hers is Colleen Rowley, who's an FBI whistleblower who seems to still be in good repute. You don't always get that. Uh, usually they get thrown under the bus. They get disparaged, called crazy, whatever. Uh, but but here's some of the stuff uh, on Mueller. And th- this, I think, Binkley, you didn't. This was kind of news to you, right? Yeah, this was new to me. Yeah, here you go. So, so right. We were talking before the break that Comey single-handedly um, accused the wrong man of being the Ramsey rapist. Okay, but Mueller and Comey together. So that guy, the the, the Ramsey racist, who the the Ramsey racist. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Comey's the Ramsey racist. Uh, he got a the guy who Comey said was the Ramsey rapist, but wasn't. Got a multi-million dollar settlement for for that um, mistake. Mueller and Comey together falsely accused a man, really set him up, framed him basically, in the anthrax case that happened right after 9-11. Remember that whole dust up, if you will? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that people died. It was not funny. Stop laughing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's hard to have levity. You know what I mean? When what we're talking about is people who like lie and steal and kill. It's right? a good pun. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that guy, the man falsely accused of um, perpetrating the anthrax uh, episode, got a multi-million dollar settlement. Okay. Then uh, this FBI whistleblower, Colleen Rowley, together with 9-11 family victim you know, 9-11 victim family activists, uh, exposed Mueller and Comey as suppressing evidence of Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11. And there was another uh, yeah, judicial watch, which people like um, verified this, if I read it correctly, memory serves, 
that uh, Mueller and Comey, yes, suppressed um, the evidence that Saudi Arabia was involved in 9-11. And even Trump on the campaign trail, and since then with the 28 pages, I think I think it's pretty well established that Saudi Arabia was involved. So these guys covered that up. Why? Um, another big thing of Mueller's uh, is that there were four guys framed for murder that Whitey Bulger committed. This is apparently the story. These guys, this is in Boston. Mueller was the U.S. attorney there. Uh, he wrote letters asking the parole board not to release these men. He, his office uh, was accused of suppressing exculpatory evidence against these guys, you know, in favor of these guys to protect Bulger. You know, you know the whole Whitey Bulger story. There's a movie about it. His brother was a state senator and he was an FBI informant, and they literally let him get away with murder for years. Like, they say it's because we was giving us good information, but what you know what I mean? What's good information if you're letting people die? Isn't good information stuff that saves people's lives? You know what I mean? Who knows what was really going on there? But supposedly, now this is something that continues. If you read the articles in New York Times, Western Globe, whatever, it'll say questions remain on Mueller's involvement in this. But these guys ultimately did get out, and they got over $100 million in a settlement for that. So Mueller's job seems to be framing people. Oh, he did another one. And this, I can't believe, was uh, referenced in Time magazine that apparently that Lockerbie, I think it's the Lockerbie bomber, the Pan Am Flight 103 over Scotland, uh, went down over Scotland. There was, uh, I think, convincing evidence to suggest that that was an inside job to assassinate a would-be whistleblower, a guy from the Defense Intelligence Agency who found evidence of the CIA being involved in drug smuggling through a project called Korea, capital C-O-R-E-A. But Mueller framed this Libyan guy who went to jail for it, and then he was released back to Libya and then died a few years later. And when I saw that guy being released, I was like, oh, I can't believe they're letting that guy out of jail. Like, he did it. But apparently... There's uh, convincing evidence that he did not do it. So this is just another thing. Now, you have to investigate these stories yourself about Mueller. You have to decide what you think he did or did not do. I think the one with the anthrax is is absolutely uh, set in stone. And these other ones, I mean, they keep popping up in the mainstream media as, well, we really don't know the story here. You know, he should answer these questions. Why was he never asked these questions when he was... Um, no uh, confirmed or any of that kind of stuff. So here's a guy who is absolutely implicated in some very fishy stories, framing people, covering up, and he is running the Russia investigation. Now, I personally don't... The Russia investigation, to me, is uh, a diversion from real policy matters. I don't know what they're... They're not even saying that there was any purpose to the Russia collusion the russia interference other than to sow unrest you know in this country so this whole thing to me is a massive misdirection and i don't really i don't know what Mueller's role would be here but i don't think it's on the up and up and i don't know what Binkley. what's your impression on that well after hearing that it sounds <laughs> like he's a fixer for the mob <laughs> And he, he he's, might be he's paid to cover things up and then dole out millions of dollars to the people he frames yeah, so the taxpayers are paying for this stuff, but the people... So in every one of these cases, I don't know about the anthrax case, but certainly the Ramsey rapist was never caught. 
Uh, Bulger was brought to justice, but I don't know if it had anything to do with those four guys getting out of jail. I don't think nobody ever really was held accountable for um, whatever really happened to that Pan Am flight. Certainly, Mueller and Comey were not held accountable for covering up Saudi Arabia's role in 9-11. And, um, yeah, I mean, the anthrax thing, I don't, I don't think they ever put anybody in jail for that. That one I don't know, though. I'd have to look into that. So he's risen to the top by yes. never actually doing what his job, that we think his job is supposed to be doing. Yeah, and what's uh, actually in some of these articles, it says that some of the people who were kind of accused of gross incompetence or whatever it was that led to these bad outcomes were also promoted, well, you know, like Comey. Maybe this couple that was sending the message to, messages to each other will get a promotion. Well, <laughs> I think they flew a little too close to the sun for that. Now that it's out, they're 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 sacrificial lambs for sure. But what I what I think is funny is the ones that are like Agent One, Agent Two. Yeah, come on. You know, once you do that, these people have a face. It's kind of hard to like. Wow, that guy if he's faking it, that stinks. Like his face is everywhere. But when they when it's anonymous, that that to me, I really got to take that with a grain of salt. And given that these people look at what they do inside the FBI, these guys, so I wouldn't put it past them to make up texts. Texts that have a strangely post-inauguration flavor to them. Viva la resistance is definitely something that arose after the women's march, as they say, the pink hat march. It does sound like they're wearing pink hats it while does they're sound making these messages. Before pink hats were pink hats. So we shall see what comes out of that. Uh, so, oh, but Binkley, I wonder if we have enough time. I really wanted you to help me understand better um, Bernays' involvement in the United Fruit, the uh, overthrow of the government of Guatemala on behalf of United Fruit, which I was saying in the same breath as the CIA's overthrow of Mossadegh in Iran because he was going to nationalize British Petroleum, which is, I think, at the time was Aramco or whatever. Um, no, I forget what it's called at the time. But anyway, uh, so, but you're saying... I think it's interesting what you're saying Bernays' role in that was. Can you explain yeah, that again? Yeah, Bernays was at first employed by United Fruit, and they were making a ton of money there. They pretty much had a monopoly, but this new guy was democratically elected as president, and he started putting the uh, he started breaking up their monopoly. So they got they hired Bernays, and Bernays brought a bunch of journalists over from the United States from the six major. Um, magazines or newspapers and he showed them a show that conveyed to them that this guy was this newly democratically elected president that he was a dangerous communist and he did it like north korea shows journalists the good side of north korea so he showed them he, he created a stage drama basically and these journalists came back to america and they wrote articles spreading these articles all over the country and using this momentum convinced the CIA to that they needed to help him you know enact a coup and get this guy out of power and that's what happened they caused the Guatemalan people through the help of the CIA and Edward Bernays to um, overthrow their democratically elected president and install somebody friendly okay what that that story pertains to what we're talking about today in this way in my opinion 
I'm saying that the real point of this IG thing is to close up all kinds of leaks, which include whistleblowers. And once you close off all transparency, you're going to have worse behavior. And it also takes away any kind of discretion for communication outside anybody below the chain, you know, the highest levels on the chain of command. So my, my point is that their people, the vast majority of the people in the CIA and the FBI are just doing their jobs. They're, they're, they've got their heart in the right places, and they need to be true believers, which is why Bernays targeted them to believe in the cause. Then, but if some of the good guys get too close to some of the guys who are trying to operate behind the scenes for nefarious purposes, they're going to want to blow the whistle because these are people who really think they're fighting the good fight. And those are the people you have to silence. You have to, you want to propagandize them, but it's not going to work hundred percent of the time. So a complete total lockdown of information and total control of information, uh, is, would be the last line of defense here. But after the break, I want to make a point though about, these socialists who want to nationalize private property in these countries and the communist, the threat of communism from back then. It's kind of nuanced. I'll give you this libertarian perspective after the break at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. You peel off the layers of the onion on things that we never, ever hear. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. So right before the break, we were talking about... Uh, how the CIA was instrumental in removing democratically elected governments in Iran and Guatemala. Uh, we were talking about it in the context of what the CIA is up to and if the rank and file is all in on it. I don't think they are. I think that's why you have to make sure there's no whistleblowers. But I wanted to make an aside. Every time uh, I, for one, talk about that, what we do to interfere in sovereign countries... Something rankles me, if that's the right word. <clears throat> These guys were communists, you know, or socialists, who uh, they, the Mossad, Mossadic wanted to nationalize the oil company, and um, our Benz wanted to nationalize the fruit company. Now, I don't know about the fruit company. I never read about that, but I know the oil company was British Petroleum. I believe they lost in court that they did not have a legitimate right to the oil. I personally do not believe in nationalized resources. I like the way we do it here. Like in Texas and Oklahoma, you have dust bowl, people who withstood the dust bowl only to discover that they were sitting on a multi-generational wealth in the form of oil and gas. And, and it just spreads the wealth around. It's great. It's you own your property down to the center of the earth. And, uh, and I love that. That's not what they, these guys plan for the resources of their country. They want to nationalize it and put it in the hands of their governments. And uh, and like in Peru, where they actually did that with the coffee plantations, they fell to ruin. You know, this is not a way to do it. The way to do it is let you don't have to fight communism. Let it fight itself while you have a free market system of lawful capitalism, not invading other countries and stealing their stuff and calling it capitalism. It gives capitalism a bad name. Anyway, uh, I want to take that thought and bring it up a notch right after the break. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.